Hello and welcome to the Holistic Health Podcast. I am your host, Courtney Lynn, creator of the Holistic Health Program, a registered nurse, certified personal trainer turned health and wellness coach whose passion for exercise, nutrition, and mindfulness inspired me to help others balance their mindset with their health and heal their relationship with themselves and with food. Each week, I will bring you a guest or download that will help you manifest and achieve the things that will allow you to live the lifestyle that gives you the freedom and power to create optimal health. We will cover topics on exercise, nutrition, and mindset practices that will empower you and arm you with the tools you need to bring joy, self-love, and balance not only to your health, but also to your life. Now, are you ready? Let's do this. All right, guys. I am so glad that you are here this morning. We have the phenomenal Christine Hanky. <laughs> Way to go. Killed right? it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she is an intuitive eating coach, a certified yoga instructor, and a self-described integrative chef. I love that. <laughs> um, she is... Um, and when she's not explaining what two of those three things are, she's usually busy facilitating honest conversations about necessary topics such as spirituality, um, her favorite one is poop, sex, yeah. and <laughs> learning to reconnect into your inner wisdom. So in her past lives, she has managed uh, medical practices, served as a private chef, lived abroad in Europe, and convinced a man to marry her with an original pork chop recipe. Now you'll have to tell us the story on that. Oh, we will. <laughs> so, Christine, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and interview you. Um, you are my very first interview, and I'm so excited that you are here and that you said yes. And um, like I said, I know it's our one of the first ones, so it's going to be a little rough. So we'll we'll just go with it. Girl, I'm so, so honored. I'm so yeah, honored to yes. be your virgin voyage right. into <laughs> guest interviews. Uh, really right. excited. And, you know, like you said, it's all there in the description. I am into talking about, you know, pretty much anything. So not a big deal. Rough is cool. Real life is awesome. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Cause my kids are upstairs. So who knows? We might get interrupted while we're here. So. Oh, for sure. I got a dog <laughs> who hasn't been right? on YouTube yet. So yeah, for sure. We're all right. Same page. Right? Same page. It's yeah. Monday morning for it's the Monday listeners. Morning. I don't know. It's a Monday morning. <laughs> it is Monday, 930. Here we go. Um, so, uh, tell me a little bit about your story. Cause I'd love to hear how you kind of got into, you know, the, becoming an intuitive eating coach and the chef yeah. and all that kind of good stuff. So tell us yeah. a little bit about your story. Oh, absolutely. So I think my food journey started, uh, so much like so many other people's when I was a child. Um, I was a very active, um, small framed, blonde headed little girl, uh, up until I was around eight or nine. And then I got fantastically chubby and it really, it was, it was a marination of, uh, life circumstances. I had, you know, a, not an idyllic childhood per se. You know, I had amazing parents who did the best they could with what they had at the time, but we definitely, um, there were some instances of me just having a lot of responsibility from a really young age. I have five younger brothers and sisters. And so I would cook for them and for myself and the things that a nine-year-old knows how to make are like spaghetti and macaroni and cheese and root beer floats and, you know, all of that stuff. So 
you know, my, my home chefing uh, at the time was very like comfort based food and, and I would soothe with food. And so got really chunky um, until I hit about 15 and discovered boys. Oh my God. And <laughs> that's when I was like, Oh, I just will not eat and run all the time so that he'll think I'm pretty. And so <laughs> that's when that, you know, when the next iteration of unhealth with food started mm -hmm. and uh, I could never bring myself to throw up because it was just so traumatizing. I remember throwing up hot dogs once and I was like, never again. And especially not on purpose. So <laughs> I, uh, I never was there, um, but I definitely was, was control, like control was my thing. So I would control my food by seeing how long you could go without eating. If I started to feel hungry, I would drink a diet Coke or eat a little bit of fat-free cottage cheese. And I would just restrict, 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 um, until I could, until I found exercise, so then I was like, all right, now I'm equipped and I'm going to eat whatever I want to eat, but I'm going to punish myself with exercise mm. and I can only eat in relation to how much I'm going to be able to burn off later. Mm. So I would, you know, eat, um, still low fat and all that. I would, I would go low fat cottage cheese, grapefruit, cucumber, basically water. I would eat water all day and <laughs> save all my calories for booze at the mm. end of the day. Cause I was in my early twenties. And then I would go to like double spin classes in the morning. I would do a Pilates class during my lunch break. And then I would go back at night and do boot camp or body pump or something like that. And I felt like I earned all of my calories that I had. So that was when I, you know, one of those fateful summers, I think I was maybe 21 or 22. And I was doing CrossFit along with all the other things. And I got injured and had to go to, um, had to rehab myself, uh, physically for six months because of the injury. And then I had also been training for a half marathon at the same time. And I fractured my ankle the same mm. summer. And so I was in an air boot. I was going to physical therapy and they literally told me, they're like, look, you can't do anything. Like you can go to yoga if you want to, but like you can't do anything. You're done. Like your body is saying, no, you need to take a break. Mm -hmm. You need to allow your body to heal. And so that's when I just, that's when I had my like bottom of the barrel kind of moment where I was like, all right, I, my body is broken. I was going through a really bad actual breakup as well. And I was like, my heart is broken mm. and there's like nobody to put me back together. And so, you know, lying on my yoga mat with an air boot on, I realized <laughs> that I was going to have to take responsibility for my health and my wellness. And I was going to have to, you know, apply myself to finding alternative ways to heal outside of, you know, exercising. And so that's when I really started to address my relationship with food because I loved food. I was like, I love it. I want to eat it. I don't want to feel guilty about it, but I also can't eat grass and I can't eat things that taste bad. Right. So what am I going to do? So I started spending all of my newly free time that I used to spend with my significant other or in the gym going to cooking classes. Mm. And I went to, um, as a, a specialty series at the Institute, the art Institute here in Nashville, did some stuff with them. And then I started looking around and I was really interested in 
um, all of the different like gluten-free, raw vegan. I was really interested in how to make those types of eating taste good. And so I would find people around town who were doing specialty classes and I would sometimes travel to do like weekend intensives to learn how to cook in these different ways. Yeah. So that's kind of how I, that's really when I got into that Mm -hmm. and started cooking. And that really changed, that is, that was the paramount moment uh, that changed my relationship with food was understanding not only how to prepare it really well and in an artistic way, it was like my artistic expression, Mm -hmm. but also how food affects your body and how eating can heal or destroy, you know, Mm -hmm. things inside of your body. And so that was when I tapped into that food as medicine and started exploring, you know, all of that. Oh, wow. What an awesome story. Oh, thank you. That is such an awesome story. And I, that, uh, what you just said there about food being medicine really brings me back to the quote that I found last, um, last week by Hippocrates was let food be your medicine and medicine be your food. Mm. And I was just like, that's so true. Cause you don't know, think about how, how food affects your body. Because at that moment, you're just like, okay, I just need to eat something. I need to get something in my body. And you're not really thinking about the future, how it's impacting your body um, in the long run. So I just, I love that story. That's amazing. So tell me a little bit about what is, because I know people have heard about, you Mm -hmm. know, like different diets and things like that, or, you know, um, counting calories and stuff. But what is exactly, what is intuitive eating? Like, what would you say that it is? Sure. So Intuitive eating, I'll tell you what intuitive eating is not. It is not, <laughs> it's not a diet. Yeah. So there, there are no food rules for intuitive mm. eating. Um, so intuitive eating is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It is eating, but listening to what your body is asking you mm. for um, and using your intuition or what I sometimes refer to as inner wisdom to dictate what you're eating and when you're eating it and why you're eating it. Mm. So it's really having a conversation with yourself around the food that you're allowing yourself to consume. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what happens when we eat intuitively, you know, an example of this, our body is always giving us feedback. So a lot, there was a long period of time. I'm, fairly resistant to dairy products. And I didn't know until Mm -hmm. I knew what it felt like to feel really good. Mm. So there were years that I was consuming dairy products and I would eat, you know, a bowl of pasta. But of course, because I'm restricting, it would be like four bites of pasta. Mm -hmm. But after those four bites of pasta, I would feel like I had downed a Panera bread bowl full of broccoli (laughs) cheddar soup. Like that is how I felt because my stomach would expand, my palms would sweat, my skin would break out the next day. Part of that was gluten and we can touch on that later. Mm -hmm. But I realized after cutting out dairy that I had been feeling low key bad all the time. Mm -hmm. And then when I cut it out and realized how it felt to not be bloated after a meal and to not be having breakouts in my skin, I, when I connected the two, I was like, Oh, so all of that time, my body was trying to tell me that dairy is not my friend when I would (laughs) have a reaction. Um, And some people, like I said, you don't know how bad you feel until you know what it is to feel good. Right, and so right. a lot of us have been eating this for a really long time, 
and we don't know what it feels like to be without it because we've never tried to cut it out. And so it's really hard. We're all very disconnected from our intuition and from our body's response to certain high inflammatory items. Um, so that, that's really what intuitive eating is all about. It's stripping away all of the rules. It's stripping away all of the different diets because mm -hmm. there's so many conflicting um, opinions and information out there. Right. And it's really tuning in to what is right for you. Because I know people who process a good organic cheddar cheese really well. And then mm -hmm. I know that the second I have it, it's lights out. So, <laughs> you know, so to say, hey, cheese is bad for everybody doesn't work, right? Like there's no right. one size fits all. I think that's what we want really yes. badly. We yeah. want the one pill, the one workout, the one diet, the one juice, the one whatever that's going to make all of our problems go away. Yeah. And, you know, but it just isn't like that. We're all incredibly different and unique and special in a lot of ways in our internal and genetic makeup. And we have to support that with food. And that it means having a conversation with your body. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And so what kind of walk me through how, um, like it just kind of prompted this question. So walk me through like, what is it that you, um, like how you, how you cut out dairy and how you started noticing the differences and things like that. So people can kind of get an idea of what, you know, if they do notice these certain symptoms or things like that after they've eat, eaten a certain food, how mm -hmm. they can go about cutting it out without being in like cold turkey and, you yeah. know, of course going, okay, well, I can't have this, but now I really want it because right. I've been told that I can't have it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. uh, great question. So number one, the number one thing that I do with, with any of my clients, I do not take away um, anything really drastically and I don't take away multiple things at once. Mm -hmm. So if you suspect that you have uh, a sensitivity to something, I encourage people to explore them one at a time mm -hmm. and to not go crazy and like jerk everything out. Cause even with, um, whole 30, which I mm -hmm. love, like I've, I've done it several times. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. There's a lot about it that is right. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're spending 30 days taking out a bunch of stuff. And then the, the re-entry phase is very important because it helps you identify, but it can still be hard because you removed so many things at once. Mm -hmm. If your body is responding favorably, you don't know out of this epically long list of things that you just removed what it was that was making you feel bad. Right. So I encourage people to do it one at a time. Um, and normally you can figure it out within three to five days. Okay. So if it's dairy, I would encourage you to cut all dairy, but leave everything else the same mm -hmm. for three to five days and then have it um, all three meals mm -hmm. the next like subsequent two or three days. Okay. And you will know immediately if something is off. Um, so it's like if you go three to five days without having any dairy and then you have like a little cheese in mm -hmm. your omelet and then you put something on your salad and then you have something on, you know, at the end of the day, it's another form of dairy. You're going to, you're going to know if yeah. that is what it was. And the same with gluten, same with anything else mm -hmm. that you have a reason to think that you may have an issue with it. Okay. That's great. That's great information. I think a lot of people get a lot of value from that. So what is the best thing that you've noticed about intuitive eating as far as like for you, the, the most mm -hmm. benefit that you've had from it? Oh girl, it's freedom. <laughs> it's freedom. Yeah. You right? know, the thing about listening to your body is that 
you have the freedom to continue having, um, you know, to go out socially and mm -hmm. to spend time with friends and family and you don't have a panic attack when the holidays come around and you just, you know, like there's freedom that comes with understanding mm -hmm. how your body works, what it wants and what it needs. Um, because knowledge is power, right? So right. when you understand these things, what used to cause a lot of anxiety is now an opportunity. Mm. So, you know, what I, I shared on my Insta story over the weekend, an example of that, when I went out with my husband and some coworkers and we went to the Palm in Nashville and I, before I even got there, I knew that I wanted a martini. Like I don't drink, <laughs> I'm not a huge drinker, um, but I do drink socially from time to time if I want it. So I, I was daydreaming about it. Like I thought about it the day before and then I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I, you know, I got my extra cold, super dirty martini with like six olives and it was, it was amazing. Potato vodka, you know, mm. it was, it was fantastic. So it's like I had the one drink and it was everything I wanted. It tasted so good. And then the waiter came and had taken my order for dinner and I was going to have a lamb chop. And he was like, do you want some wine? And before I even like checked in with myself, I was like, sure, because I normally would have wine with my food. Mm. And so he brought me this really great rosé. I love rosé. Mm. I'm a fan of wine. And I took one sip of it and realized that like I did not want wine. Like it didn't, it didn't taste good. My face started to flush and I was like, oh, you know what? Like I just... I just ordered this out of habit. Mm -hmm. I didn't actually slow down and ask myself after having a vodka drink if I actually wanted this wine. And so I took two or three sips of it and then I decided to leave it there. I decided to leave the rest of it there because if I had continued to drink it, I would have felt bad. And I know that because I've done it a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I'm like telling these stories and people are like, oh, you have so much self-discipline. I'm like, no, no, it's because I've, I've drank the glass of wine or three when I didn't really want it. And I was sick as a dog later. Yeah. So, so I have miserable. learned, yeah. I've learned the signals and I respond to them because feeling good and, and feeling free and waking up the next day and not feeling sick, mm -hmm. these, these positive impressions eventually add up and you start to respond more quickly and you start, start to notice more quickly. Yeah, that's very true. And I love that too, because you really do have to have that awareness um, of what's going on when you are doing certain things. Cause like for instance, like you said, sometimes out of habit, you just like, yes, I'm gonna have a glass of wine or mm -hmm. I'm going to do, I'm going to have a beer or I'm going to have this, this piece of dessert or a cookie or something like that. And then Sometimes people are like, okay, well, I'm going to have another one or I'm going to have another one because yeah. it was so good, but I got to keep going. Yeah. And so having that self-awareness of, okay, I've, I've fulfilled this, this mm -hmm. craving now. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, now I'm done. Yeah. It's just, it's just a matter of checking in and acknowledging mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Because it gives you the freedom to enjoy the thing that you want to enjoy without going to the point of distress or yes. Uh, discomfort. Yes. So it's like, if your body is like, I want a piece of chocolate cake, mm -hmm. you know, if you have learned to a stabilize your, your body and your hormones with good nutrition, the majority of the time, mm -hmm. a couple of bites of cake are not going to throw you off. Yes. Like they're yes. really not. So if you eat 
four to six bites of cake and you realize that it doesn't taste like pay attention to the first bite. Mm-hmm. That first bite hits the pleasure center in your brain, goes off like fire. <laughs> it's yep. amazing. It's super jazzed. Yep. And then take another one. And it, the second you stop having that reaction, mm-hmm. you're done with it. Ah, so it's like I love once, that. once the excitement of the first bite yeah. is gone, sometimes it's two bites, depending on how rich it is. Sometimes it's three or four. But eventually you will notice that you're just eating it because it's an action and it's yep. in front of you. Yep. But if you're paying attention to the fireworks and the chemistry between you and that food, <laughs> and it goes stale, you're like, all right, date's all right, over. All right, we're done. Date, yeah. exactly. date's over. <laughs> all done. Has the bell rang yet? Let's move on. Let's yeah, go. yeah. Seven minutes. All right, <laughs> That's now. right. This ain't going to work out. Let's, let's be That's done. That's right. Yeah, step away. No harm, no foul. <laughs> That's right. I love that. Um, and so – like I loved that you were talking about cravings and things like that. And so one of my other questions is, is something that you might tell one of your clients, like when someone is having those cravings for those unhealthy foods, or maybe they're doing their intuitive eating, they're like, okay, I really want this hamburger. I really want this hot dog or I want a bagel or something like that. What are some good alternative options or something that you might recommend um, in order to give them more of a healthier option of that version? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have, Two different approaches to this. Number Mm -hmm. one is, because we ask ourselves two different sets of questions. Number one is, what does my body, from a nutritional standpoint, what does it need when it's asking me for chips? Mm Because I joke with them and I tell them, I'm like, I know your body like will ask you for potato chips. You never actually need potato chips. So there's something, (laughs) like, if you want to eat a couple in a really, like, enlightened way and enjoy them, that's fine. But your body does not need potato chips. So what is it asking you for when it prompts you with that? craving. Mm -hmm. So understanding what the cravings are, like if you're craving chocolate, um, you, it's probably a magnesium thing. Mm. So you want to look into ways that you can get magnesium without, you know, and I mean, by all means have chocolate, but understanding like what it is that you're missing when you're craving something really badly. Um, and then, you know, with salt, it can be, um, you're missing like vitamin B rich foods and certain minerals and electrolytes. Mm-hmm. Like you could be lacking some of that stuff. Um, with fried foods, it's normally like an essential fatty oil, like mm-hmm. deficiency and you want to get some more healthy fats into your diet. Okay. Um, and then sugar of any kind normally is a blood sugar imbalance or a mineral deficiency. So whenever you're feeling that crave for something sweet, it's because you're unbalanced. Okay. Um, and carbohydrates are like a sign of, they can be a sign of insulin resistance, um, mm-hmm. or, but they could also be like a chromium deficiency or it could indicate that you need more fiber in your diet to stabilize your blood sugar. And you can get, you know, all of those things through like apricots and spinach and avocados and broccoli. And like, there are a lot of healthy options where you can get those actual vitamins and nutrients from. Mm. Um, But the second half of that, as far as ways to fulfill the craving without like reaching for the Doritos (laughs) is uh, is to what I have is to have what I call upgrades. So one of the first things I actually do with a client is have them send to me a list of all of the foods that they go to. And I tell them to let me know like what they consider their bad foods or their Mm -hmm. guilt foods. Cause we work on that piece later. Like let's get rid of the shame and the guilt (laughs) as I like to say. Yeah. Um, let's get away from that. But 
what foods do you reach for when you're bored, when you're stressed, when you have cravings, like what are they? And so they'll share all of those things with me and then I'll send them back an upgrade list mm. so that I'm not taking away anything from them. Because when you're transitioning out of a diet mindset, which is all based on restriction and into this new way of communicating with your body, um, to have something pulled away from you, it could be very triggering mm -hmm. and it's still a restriction based situation. So I don't ever take anything without giving something back. Mm -hmm. So with people who love chocolate, you know, I have a list as long as my arm of ethically sourced, clean, amazing chocolate that people mm -hmm. can have that is not going to mess you up. Like just because it's chocolate, like it doesn't mean it's bad. Now, you know, there's like a percentage that we want to shoot for. But the thing about intuitive eating is learning where your body is right now mm -hmm. and helping it upgrade. So mm -hmm. if someone is throwing back a bunch of Hershey's all night long, like there's not a lot of real chocolate in there. So switching someone from Hershey's to 85% dark chocolate right away is not going to be feasible. So what I would have them do is start with like 55% and work their way to 65 and slowly get darker because the darker it is, the better it is for you. Right. Um, and then I also, same thing with like salty, crunchy things. A, I want to address the underlying issue of whatever they may be missing. So I will give them snacks that are going to hit that part, but also give you the mouthfeel and the comfort aspect because a mm. lot of people are drawn to these things because of um, something emotional. Emotions right. are the other big half of what's going on with our food and our choices. And so for like people who are super into nachos, you know, I'll, I'll give them an upgraded nacho situation. I'll be like, you can either get some grain free chips. You can get some organic corn chips. If corn doesn't bother you, um, cook up a batch of, you know, amazing, like healthy, ethically sourced ground beef with taco seasoning and throw it on there, get some raw organic cheese, add a bunch of olives and avocado for fat to help stabilize. Mm -hmm. Like you can have the things that you love. I mean, I wouldn't eat it every single meal, but you wouldn't be afraid of it. So right. I just empower right. them with things that they can swap in so that mm -hmm. they're still getting the comfort from it for now while they need it. Cause you won't always need it. Right. But in the beginning, we, we swap in things that it that doesn't feel like such a huge leap. It mm -hmm. feels like a step at a time. I love that. And my husband might need to steal that nacho idea from me. Oh, I got <laughs> He's such a nacho guy. <laughs> good nachos. <laughs> oh, good. I'm going to have to get that from you. Yeah. Um, and so as far as protein sources, because we have mm -hmm. a lot of people that are doing more like the vegetarian and the vegan and mm -hmm. things like that. But the bad thing is, is they're not getting enough of the protein because they're not getting some of the good, like lean meat protein sources. So what are some good ideas for protein sources and recipes? Um, maybe some that you've posted um, or that you have access to or that you give out. Um, for vegetarians or vegans mm -hmm. or anything like that. Cause I know for our mastermind trip, you did a lot of our cooking and everything yeah. was, like, and everything was vegan. Yes. And it was amazing. <laughs> and I was just Thank like, you. wow, I have never, <laughs> like, I am such a meat person, mm -hmm. but I mean, I was just like, okay, now I have to start like incorporating some more vegetarian meals yeah. and things like that. And just to be able to play with a lot of recipes mm -hmm. that you had. Um, because there is a lot of great food that you can have. That's not necessarily involving 
um, meat. And so what are some ideas for protein sources and things like that that you would recommend? Sure. So I'm going to backtrack for a second sure. and, and CYA cover my bases by <laughs> giving my verbal disclaimer that yeah. I am not a certified nutritionist nor a dietitian. Mm -hmm. um, so all of this is should be taken with a grain of salt and always <laughs> listen to your body and talk yes. to the people you need to talk to. But yes. that being said, um, I have been every diet in the book. I have been raw vegan. I have been vegetarian. I have been pescatarian. My mom uh -huh. thought that was a religion. Um, <laughs> I have been, she was like, what? That's interesting. What is that? But I've done keto. I've done paleo. I've done all of it. Like I've, mm -hmm. I've literally tried them all. And I've also done all of the workouts while trying to eat all of these ways. So mm -hmm. I've definitely learned like what works to sustain you and what mm -hmm. doesn't. Um, and at the risk of being a little unpopular, I am going to say this because of the whole 30 and the paleo like upswing that we've experienced in the last couple of years, animal based protein has been wildly glamorized and the amount of protein that they are telling you to consume, especially for women, is mm -hmm. a little bit out there. Like mm -hmm. it's a lot, mm -hmm. you know, um, I personally, I do eat animal protein. I have a very plant-based diet, but I do incorporate, incorporate animal protein because it, nothing has been able to balance my hormones like that. Cause I have, and, and again, though, this is different for every body. Right. Like I cannot stay on track without animal protein three to four times a week. Right. Um, that's just something I've learned over the years, <clears throat> but for mm -hmm. other people, no problems. I have a raw vegan friend whose skin looks great and she feels amazing and has a st stable weight and is like the picture of health. But when I was raw vegan, my hair was falling out and my nails were chipping off. So <laughs> it really depends on the person. But yeah. going back to your question about good proteins for vegetarians and vegans, um, obviously nuts and legumes are going to be a big one. But a note on legumes, there is a um, I don't want to get wacky with my science here, but there is a molecule, I believe, in legumes that uh, it's called lectin mm, okay. with, a, with a K. Mm -hmm. um, and it is very hard for our body to break down, which is why most people experience gas or monster oh. farts after beans. Yes. And, yeah, like you know, magical fruit and toot and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> it's because of the lectin. So okay. one thing to know though, is that if you are increasing your legumes for their protein source, um, pressure cooking them will break down the lectin oh, or okay. taking a, a digestive enzyme to help mm -hmm. your body break it down. So like lentils are really high in protein, um, certain grains, you know, I'm not huge on grains, but like, um, Quinoa is not even a grain. Technically, it's a seed if you look into it, but it has the same thing. It can sometimes cause a little inflammatory response in your gut. So if mm -hmm. you take a, an enzyme when you do that or pressure cook it, that will help break it down. Okay. Um, so those are really great options. There are a ton of really great clean uh, vegan protein powders and stuff out there that are sourced with like uh, pea protein and hemp. Mm -hmm. Those are really high sources of plant-based protein. Um, and then um, my brain stopped working for a second, but <laughs> spirulina. 
So spirulina is really funky for some people. It's got a crazy color, but it is super high in protein and very bioavailable. So that's a great way to add protein to smoothies or to salad dressings if you feel brave or baked Mm -hmm. goods, but it definitely will turn stuff into like Smurf, like a bluish green. I love that though. It's a really crazy color, but it, um, if you put it with the right stuff, it, uh, it can taste good. (laughs) That actually sounds interesting because I've, I've seen pictures of it before and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So weird. Like, right. Yeah. You, you'll yeah. get over the funky color, but yeah, those, so those are some great ways to add it in, but okay. there's, there are protein in a lot of different things. And so if you just kind of, again, are learning to listen to your body and understanding how much protein you actually need, mm-hmm. like you'll, you'll be able to feel that out and you will, you just won't, you won't need it as you don't need as much as you think you do. Is, is maybe what I'm trying to say. A lot of people are trying to get in like, you know, 46 grams of protein every single meal. And, you know, that's not necessary for everyone. Some people, yes, but not everybody. I can tell you that for, for the longest time, a lot of people and even myself would push a lot of protein. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, and it, it's the fact is, is that your body can only break down so much at yeah. once. Yeah. And so bombarding your body with a ton of protein mm-hmm. in one smack is actually yeah. going to be more harmful than it is going to be good for yeah. one. Cause your body stores anything extra as fat and your kidneys yeah. are having to work like double time to work through all of the protein that you just said it. So yeah. Well, yeah. and especially, you know, like when I went through the bodybuilding phase where mm-hmm. I was eating cold fish out of my car <laughs> at nine thirty while my friends were in the bar drinking, like, right. <laughs> you know, because they're giving you all this protein, but very low fat, like fat helps you process and yes. break down all of that stuff. It helps mm-hmm. stabilize and utilize the protein better. Mm-hmm. Um, but then fiber as well. It's like you need need fiber to keep that stuff moving through so you don't get stopped up. So, you know, for me, it's like, I call it the core four. Kelly Levesque calls it the fab four, but it's like the same concept of getting greens, fiber, protein, and fats in every meal. If you can get all four of those, you're set up to stabilize your blood sugar and have like optimal energy. Yep. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. And so, um, like, one thing that I get a lot of questions about is because of the fact like you were thinking about low fat, low sugar, all of that yeah. stuff. A lot of people, they automatically will hone in on that and be like, okay, well, that's what I need to get because it says it's low fat, it's low sugar. Right. Um, but of course, you know, a lot of them, whenever they make up low fat, they always add in something else to yes. replace it. So yes. um, we get a lot, I get a lot of questions about artificial sweeteners. So mm-hmm. I know that you have had a lot of experience with this kind of stuff. So what are some some good artificial sweeteners that you would say that's okay to consume and some that you'd be like, okay, just stay away from those. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. Love this question. I know. Love love this topic. So there's good news and there's bad news. The bad news is I always start with the bad so we can end with the good. The bad news is um, there are no artificial sweeteners that are cool. Like Mm -hmm. they're just, or not. Um, Most of them, you know, are, so like sucralose, you see that a lot and stuff mm-hmm. and like Splenda, all that shit needs to just go like yeah. in the garbage because it's 600 times sweeter than sugar. Oh. Um, and what it does is it overstimulates your taste buds and it actually changes your ability to perceive sweetness. Mm. So you see those like 
old ladies who stuff Splenda packets in their purse, they like dump Splenda on fruit because yeah. fruit doesn't taste sweet to them anymore. Yeah. So the danger of it, obviously, is that you're blasting your mouth with this fake, crazy, sweet flavor, and then you can't perceive any of the natural sweetness in anything, and so you are more likely to overeat and mm -hmm. over-sweeten everything moving forward, not to mention that it keeps that sugar-craving center of your brain just lit up all the time, all the mm -hmm. time. So it's, it is worse than sugar. I'm going to just, I'll say it. Like, I think that's, <laughs> it's worse some people, sugar. it's like an opinion situation. Like yeah. I, it's worse than sugar as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Um, so when it comes to sweeteners that are better, you know, it's like sugar is just the absolute worst. It's yeah. sorry. We all yeah. enjoy it. Like, it's kind of like alcohol. Alcohol doesn't serve an awesome purpose. Like no. we, <laughs> we enjoy it. Yeah. So it's figuring out the way to do it that is going to be the least damaging and impactful on our body in a negative way. Right. right. So, you know, things that I am okay with, um, I don't mind coconut sugar, organic mm -hmm. coconut sugar. I will have someone, if someone's emptying three packets of white sugar into their Dunkin' Donuts coffee every day, I would rather them use coconut sugar than regular sugar. And the reason is because coconut sugar contains a fiber called inulin mm -hmm. that actually um, helps, it slows down the glucose absorption. Mm -hmm. So you don't get that spike. Um, and it's also really low on the glycemic index. So it's a good option for like baking or it, like if you're going to swap sugar for sugar, it's the better option. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up and kind of debunk is agave nectar. Uh -huh. I don't want to be a bad guy, but everyone, <laughs> agave nectar Still, people are like, oh, agave, like Starbucks is giving you packets of it to dump on your oatmeal and everyone thinks it's healthy and it really isn't. Mm -hmm. um, agave is, the reason people think that it is healthy is because it's low glycemic, mm -hmm. but it is primarily made of fructose, which is the most damaging form of sugar that there is. Mm -hmm. So it is, it is not, not great for you and I would, I would encourage people to avoid it. Um, so... I get a lot of questions about stevia and stevia is something I think you should avoid processed as much as possible. The higher something is processed, probably the worse it is for you. However, stevia is plant-based and there's not a ton of processing that goes into extracting the liquid tincture form of it. Yep. And so if someone is going to use stevia, I encourage them to use liquid stevia. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, there. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, hey. well, yeah, you're like, oh, but I'm safe. Yes, I do that all the time. I'm like, what? I there are definitely people who will disagree with me, mm -hmm. and I'm totally comfortable with that. But um, I don't have a problem with stevia. I don't think mm -hmm. it should be abused. It's also very sweet. You notice you won't need as much of it as you would mm -hmm. something else. And something that helps, and I don't. I don't have the science to back this up. This is just something that I've done from a chef flavor standpoint. Mm -hmm. If you counterbalance um, the stevia with a pinch of like pink Himalayan salt, mm -hmm. you're getting the minerals from the salt, but you're also completing the flavor profile in your mouth. So it doesn't leave that like sticky, super sweet, long aftertaste. So if you put it in a smoothie or anything, throw a pinch of salt in there as well. Mm -hmm. And that kind of helps. Uh, so that's a great idea. Just, yeah. It just makes it taste better and yeah. all that good stuff. 
So yes. And then as far as other natural sugars, it's like sugar is sugar in your body, no matter where it's coming from. But obviously, um, there are other things depending on what it is that comes Mm -hmm. with it that could benefit you or not benefit you. So like honey is antimicrobial. And so a little bit of raw honey every now and then not going to kill you. The health benefits kind of outweigh the sugar. I'm not encouraging you to put three tablespoons in your tea or anything, but (laughs) you know, use it sparingly. Um, I, some people are cool with like organic maple syrup, which is just straight up liquid sugar. Not as big of a fan of it just because it, I mean, it has, it has its benefits as well, but again, like to be used really sparingly. And then I love dates. Um, Mm. now not like date syrup, because when you use date syrup, everything good about the date is stripped out and it's just straight up sugar as well. And it's just as bad as any other kind of sugar. So yeah, hopefully that's helpful. Um, so if you're going to focus on some sweeteners, I would do coconut sugar, liquid stevia, little bit of raw honey. And if you want to incorporate some actual dates, like you can blend a date or two into a smoothie and that will give you some sweetness, but they're also high in magnesium and fiber. So you get like a little bit of it. Yeah, exactly. You get more than just the sweetness part. You get the benefits of the magnesium and the other things in there as well. Yes. Yes. Which will help with like chocolate cravings and stuff. There you go. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. That was really, really helpful. Um, and so I know just to kind of end the, the end it off, I just want to talk to you a little bit more about what you do. Um, cause I know that we, that I encourage a lot of self love practice and a self yeah. you know, self care practices and stuff like that, because it's really important. It's something that I didn't do when I was younger and, mm-hmm. um, noticed a huge shift when I did start doing it. Um, and so what are some of the self care practices that you have that you do to take care of yourself? Mm, that's a great question. And mm-hmm. So for me, I have a very, very busy life right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a lot going on and yeah. I have, I'm noticing that time is my most, I mean, it's the most precious resource that any of us have. And so I have like I, what I call life buffers, which is my morning time and mm-hmm. my wind down time at the end of the day. That is so important. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes change up what I do in the mornings. I, I'm, a, I'm pretty routine, but you know, there are days, again, like the intuition part of listening to what you need all the time, it starts to spill into the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Once you start with food, it, it reaches out to everything else. So I really listen every day for what I need. Sometimes mm-hmm. I need to be able to sit and read for an hour in the morning just something that's going to feed my soul and my mind and like really give me a positive start for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I do meditate every day, but sometimes it's only five minutes, Mm -hmm. but I need that quiet centering breathing every single day Mm -hmm. or I spin off my axis. Um, and, uh, and then I normally do some kind of a journaling practice. So whether that's sometimes that's just writing in my day planner, like Mm -hmm. making a note to myself about how I'm feeling in the morning and then going down and just prioritizing my top three things that need to be done and then doing kind of a, a sub list of things that would be cool if they got done. But the top three things like that is, I will feel accomplished if those three things get done in a day. Um, but just having that sacred like time and space in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, and I do whatever I have to do to get it. I get up early. I light some candles this morning. I lit some 
Palo Santo and Hollywood and like walked around the apartment to cleanse the Monday vibes out of my living go. room. You know. I got some of that. Or ordered awesome. some of that. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Amazing. And it smells, <laughs> it smells super good. So. Oh, good, good. So if anyone's like, like, oh, that's really woo-woo, just be like, no, it just smells no. good. I it's just like, like incense, oh. right? Yeah, if you're not ready to own your woo just yet. You yeah, really nice. that's right. Um, and then at bedtime, it's I have I found that I can't go to sleep. My husband likes to watch Friends reruns while he winds down before bed, and I can't sit in front of the TV. I can't do any kind of stimulation mm-hmm. before bed because I'm a little high strung as it is, and I don't need any help with that. So I will. Um, get away from screens. I shut my phone off, put it in airplane mode around eight or eight 30 and plug it into the bedroom and don't look at it again, shut down the computer. And then I go to bed around nine and I lay in there and I'll read for about an hour. And then I have an essential oil blend that I put on the back of my neck and I have like mm-hmm. a silk sleeping mask that I wear. I mean, like I'm very meticulous about my bedtime. Like oh, situation. Yeah. So those, I think those are the things that are the most important. Like I, I need good nutrition. I need mm-hmm. to move my body, all of those things that I do throughout the week, but how I set my morning up and how I set my evening up, like that is what affects whether I am a good human being or not. Right. <laughs> it's like the icing on the cake, you know, it yeah. really helps kind of bring it all together. Mind, body, yes. soul, everything, just all creating a nice balance. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Yay. So Christine, where can we find you? Like where can we get a hold of you? All that kind of good stuff. Um, you know, if we need to ask you a question or want to look into your, um, into your business and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, um, I'm mostly on Instagram. Uh, my, my new Instagram is alter tribe. So it's a L T H E R like her, um, alter tribe. And then I, I have a group on Facebook because you know, you're supposed to have a group on Facebook, but I'm not great at it. I, I'm still figuring it out. Um, not great about posting in there just yet, uh, but I am working on that. Um, and then my email is Kristen, but it's spelled weird. C H R I S T I N. And then it's at my name, Kristen If somebody mm-hmm. wants to shoot me an email, ask me a question, uh, learn more about working with me with intuitive eating coaching. Um, yeah, that's a great way to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for just having this time and taking it your time out of your busy morning. I know <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, to actually like talk to me and stuff like that and just, I feel like this this interview added a lot of value to a lot of people, so I think it'll oh, be a thank great. You, yes. Thanks yes. for having thank me you. on, and you know it's it's never um, it's never a, a burden to go and talk about something that you love so deeply and that you so connect true. to and that you you know feel so passionately about. So I appreciate so you making space for me to share my passion with your listeners, and I uh, I hope it benefited them and answered some of their questions. Of course, of course. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Holistic Health Podcast. I am beyond grateful for you stopping by to listen. If you could take a one moment to share this podcast with someone you think would love and benefit from it, I would be forever grateful. Also, please feel free to leave me a review by going to iTunes and creating a sincere thought and comment. And let me know what else you would like to hear on the show so that you can help me impact so many people's lives. Until next time, remember, eat what nourishes your body, do what nourishes your soul, and think what nourishes your mind. Thank you again, loves. Bye-bye.